myself. I'd have Paul Turnipseed, my musician uh, friend who's here today, uh, sing that for me, but I didn't pre-warn him ahead of time. So I know he doesn't know what it is. Um, Okay, let me think. And I know you guys can't live without best day of your life because I start off every show with that. So let's see how quickly I can get this happening. Best day. I was going to play the one by Jeff Kletzel, but it is not coming up on my phone. So I am going to play another really great one, which is by Shibo Torres. Here we go. I'm going to raise you to the fence, to the fence. I'm going to raise you to the fence. I'm going to chase you round the block, round the block. I'm going to chase you round the block. Come on, jump out the door. You can't hold it back no more. Show you how the birds learn how to fly. Day of Your Life by Shaibo Torres, and this is Cami Davis on, with Art on the Airwaves on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon, and welcome to Art on the Airwaves. I'm going to read a word from our underwriting. Really excited to be back on the air. I was in Seattle for about a month welcoming my grandson into the world, and um, I am so happy to be a grandma, although I've noticed if anyone else calls me grandma, I kind of freak out, but um, you know, I'm very happy when I look at my grandson to say I'm a grandma. He 
he's adorable, and his name is Rhodes, cutest thing ever. Um, but I was in Seattle, and I missed my radio show. I got to listen to Caroline Wasik, um, who filled in for me on the last show, and her guests were Life Art, and she did an amazing job. And that was um, a great interview, uh, so informative. I knew quite a bit already about Life Art, and I still learned some new things. So if you did not have a chance to listen to that, go to artontheairwaves.com and look for that podcast. There's a lot of really interesting podcasts that are available um, through artontheairwaves.com. I've had so many cool guests in the past um, year or so since I've started uploading them as podcasts. So anytime you need something interesting to listen to, just go to artontheairwaves.com and you can find a copy of those podcasts. Today, my guest, I'm really excited. I've been begging him to come on for quite a while. My um, guest is Tom Glassman, who is a local photographer um, that I have enjoyed since I moved here. I've been following his photography. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you so much. And and thank you for having me here. I'm, I'm very flattered and I really appreciate it. Definitely. You know what? I was in my doctor's office yesterday, and I was very soothed by the fact that your uh, your photography was hanging on the walls. So you were kind of following me. I don't know if you know that, I... but <laughs> you were stalking me with your photographs. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a good type of stalking to have is through art. Um, can you tell the listeners about yourself so they, if they're not already familiar with who you are, that they can learn a little bit about you? Uh, I can do that. Um, you know, my... What I really do to earn money to pay for pixels and ink for my photo paper is do marketing. That's my background. It's yeah. in advertising. And um, that's really how I sort of ended up in photography as well. Because, um, you know, you would hire a photographer to do an ad, a print ad or something like this. You'd storyboard out the comp, tell him what you'd want. You'd show it to him. And in, invariably, he couldn't quite get it. Mm. And I started doing that myself just for fun. You also end up on a lot of photo shoots. And whether it's for IBM or Hewlett Packard or something, they always manage to send the worst-looking computer or whatever. You spend all day cleaning it, all day trying <laughs> to light it. And then you're building up something like 20 or 30 exposures on a Polaroid back you know, to figure out a gel over here and a highlight over here. And the math involved was so scary. I said, I don't want to do this kind of photography. Oh, my gosh. Then I was involved with some Boston Whaler stuff and things like that. And then you're out photo shoots at 4 in the morning, chest deep in water, freezing, trying to get a bow-on shot of the boat. Oh, my gosh. And that wasn't that glamorous either. (laughs) Yeah. And so I decided to go off and sort of do, um, I guess you'd call it, at the risk of sounding pretentious or pompous, uh, fine art, abstract landscape kinds of photography. Okay. And and how know, long ago was this? Uh, late 70s. Okay. And, you know, the thing was, at the time, I looked around all the photo magazines to see what was being regarded as great photography. And right. invariably, it was broken down, homeless people in a Baroque lighting situation, a lousy you know, street scene, And it just wasn't that attractive. I didn't want to do that. And a lot of the images I didn't agree with. And as a result, I tried to create very abstract images that no one could figure out what they were Mm -hmm. so they couldn't judge my photographs. Because I I did not value their opinion. I did not like really what was, you know, winning all the awards. 
And I thought, you know, anyone could do that pretty much. Oh my God, so, that's so, what an interesting, you know, way to look at it and start. Rather start than being that. inspired, it drove me away from yeah. just about everything that was out there because <laughs> you certainly didn't want to turn around and do what everyone else was doing as well. Right. And, and you can go out to the rim of the Grand Canyon and shoot that and, and you hang out for a nice sunset or a rainstorm or a lightning bolt or a double arch rainbow with a herd of organic free range unicorn running through it. <laughs> but it's all been done. And mm-hmm. so I tried to do very abstract stuff uh, that really people can't relate to and um, a very flat, one-dimensional kind of effect. And uh, it's, for me, it's more exciting. It's more of a challenge to be able to look at what everyone else is looking at and seeing it differently and, and presenting it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up going in that direction. And uh, that's where I am. I'm trying to think um, if... if- People haven't seen your photographs. Um, what is a good way to describe one of your typical photographs? Because there's such a sense of humor. There's definitely abs- they're, they're abstract. As an abstract artist, like I'm so drawn to your photography, but they're real. It's interesting. That, that's the other thing that I'm most proud of is I don't use Photoshop or any manipulation. So yeah. the photograph I'm most proud of, uh, and that no one gets, it's a color photograph of a black knothole in a white picket fence with snow in the background. Oh, and we have that one yes, on the website. you do. And, yeah. um, you know, the thing is, it's, you know, you can go on the website and take a look at it, but um, it's, you know, I just try and look for something, give myself a technical challenge, uh, but it's a straight shot. Um, you know, again, no manipulation. I just try and um, see what's out there and even if there's no great image, mm-hmm. you know, that I'll set myself a technical challenge and just try and learn from it. Yeah. Uh, the trick is to have fun while you're out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's, even if I don't get something nice. And <laughs> are you fun to go places with, Tom? Or do you drive your wife crazy? Is there, like, every place you go, are you, like, looking for I, the shot? I have to give Apple Computer credit for <laughs> saving my marriage because... <laughs> Uh, when I take so long to set up a shot, if my wife is with me now, she can be on the iPad or the, her iPhone playing while I can take as long as I need to compose and set up the shot. And invariably, it'll take me almost 15 minutes or more to do the shot just right. I'll compose corner to corner in the viewfinder. And when I press the shutter, I'm essentially done. Yeah. When I get the raw image back into the computer, I'm in and out of Photoshop and ready to print, usually in under 30 seconds. See, that's one of the things that I remember so well about you. And I guess I talk about that quite a bit because I was mentioning to some friends of mine the other night that you were going to be on my show. And I was like, have you met him? And they said, well, I think we met him in person, but you were talking about his art one day it was when I was in the Rogue Gallery. Like I, That made such an impression on me. So um, basically, uh, if you're listening, what Tom does is he... He, like he just said, he'll take it 15 minutes to set up the shot. So whereas me, I post a lot of selfies and pictures like that. Every place I go, I drive everyone crazy. You don't do that. No. Do you ever do that? or? Um, I, I do. A lot of time, you know, I always have tripods with me, you know, in the car. Uh, and the best camera in the world is the one you have with you when you need the shot. <laughs> That's so, a good point. You know, I've fallen back. This is the reason I upgraded to the new iPhone because, you know, it's, it's really good. Yeah to have it there, you know, when you can't do the other. But, um, you know, it's, um, you know, the best example is I'll come back from a vacation with my wife 
and I will have shots of close-ups of different colors of paint or cracks or shadows in the sidewalk, and she will have photographs of us together. Aww. And in the long run, those are the most meaningful photographs. You're you know, right. it's of your grandchildren or kids or this sort yeah. of thing. So my stuff is very arty, but it doesn't have the same impact, you know, for people, you know, that their own stuff does. So, yeah. you know, but um, I just enjoy looking for stuff. And where I do drive my wife crazy is where we'll be walking along, and I'll stop and I'll go back like two feet and I'll say, did you see the reflection of that building in the window from across the street between the two shadows and the light coming across it with her shadow? Yeah. And we're walking. She'd say, how did you see that? Yeah. And I, that's what I'm most proud of too is that now I've just learned to be observant and, and mm-hmm. always be open to what's down and up and above and to the side of you. And in terms of layers, what's quirky in front of something next to something else in front of something else? Yeah. And one last thing, and I'll, I'll shut up, but the other <laughs> example of that is uh, the, the shot I have from the amusement park. Um, oh, with, I love that. That's on the post that I did today. It's yeah, the Kiss the Ducks one, right? Right. And it's, it's these little rubber ducks floating in a pond with Disney's Little Mermaid behind yeah. it. And then you have the guys from Kiss <laughs> in the background. It's the most incongruous <laughs> juxtaposition. Yeah. And it was at the Jackson County Fair. And I had the carnival barker hold people back, and I crouched down, and I lined up all these things. The thing was that everyone was walking by it, but no one saw it the way I did. Yeah. I, I had to move over here. I knew all these things were there, and I always look for a background or an oddball juxtaposition. Yeah, and the that, contrast that, that, that you see is so amazing to me. And it just it takes an ordinary photograph or an image yeah. that may not have anything to recommend itself, and adding that oddball element, yeah. you know, can save it. Yeah, very cool. Um, we're going to go to our first song by Paul Turnipseed. And if you, but if you want, if you're listening and you want to see the images that we're talking about, I posted those on Art on the Airwaves. So just go to artontheairwaves.com um, under podcast. Look for the one um, today, February fifth. And um, my musical guest today is Paul Turnipseed. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you, Cami. Thank you for having me here. Definitely. Do you ever take photographs yourself? I do take photographs. I take a lot. I have a four-year-old daughter. I take a lot of photographs of her. Oh, those are the best ones, like Tom was yeah, saying. It's exactly. the ones of family those, that those are, are the, the best ones. Those are the most one. photographs that I do yeah. end up taking. Well, you might learn some tips today. Exactly. <laughs> what is the first song that you're going to play for us? I'm going to play a song by Duke Ellington called Just a Lucky So-and-So, Ooh. a song that I've been playing for a long time and, and like to play. All right. Here's Paul Turnipseed. I walk down the street, seems everyone I meet gives me a friendly hello. I guess I'm just a lucky soul and so. The birds in all the trees, they sing merrily. They sing wherever I go. I guess I'm just a lucky soul and so. If you ask me the amount in my bank account, I have to confess I'm slipping. That don't worry me confidentially. I've got a dream, it's pippin'. And when the day is through, I go and hurry to home where love waits, I know. I guess I'm just a lucky soul. 
Lucky so and so's or those of us listening. Wow, thank you. That's amazing. Ooh, I guess who just walked into the studio? Ooh, I'm so excited. We have a special guest, and Bill's here. <laughs> uh, pop in on um, Tom's mic. Hi. Hi, Cammie. Hi. So guess who we just walked into the studio today? I heard a rumor she might be stopping by, but I wasn't completely sure, so I didn't let uh, Tom in on the surprise yet. But Barb Tricarico, Barbara Tricarico, just stopped by with, oh my God, is this the book? That's the book. With the Ashland, Oregon Day Trips book. You got it. And you have a beautiful map inside of it. We got to put your, oh, actually, here, what? And Tom Glassman has a photo in it, too. I know. So can you turn? I, I We both want to see him for the first time on the air, although, of course, it's not visual. So, <laughs> well, so hold, hold it know. up to the microphone. <laughs> hold it up to the microphone. We'll see if the listeners can hear it. But hopefully you'll hear our guest. So Barbara Tricarico, um, I did a drawing for her first book, which was called Ashland, Oregon. Correct. And were you in that book, too, Tom? I don't I don't think it's, your photography no, I didn't was. know Tom at that at that point. Yeah, I know that when you were showing me the um, the images for this newest book that one of his jumped out at me and I automatically knew it was his even though you have like 35 photographers in the book. And I, oh, oh, I thought she was turning to Tom Glassman's but she just turned to mine. Okay, I'm going to post a picture of it because, oh my God, 
Barb, this looks better than I thought it was going to. This looks amazing. This was a Tammy's, little map that Tammy's I drew. spent hours and hours and hours working on every little detail in that map. I don't think people appreciate what work went into that. Oh, my God. You, well, you said it was just kind of on one page. So I was like, oh, it's going to be shrunk down, but it actually looks really good. Okay, you guys are going to have to buy the book just for that. <laughs> <laughs> but as an addition... Ooh, it's on the front else. page of the tidings today. If you look at the Ashland tidings, uh, John Darling wrote a beautiful three-page article about the book. And, oh, my God. And the photographers. Oh, I can't wait to read about this. This looks great. She brought in a copy of it, the Ashland Daily Tidings. And then where is Tom's? Can you also find his I photograph? Uh, poor Barbara. She's, like, shuffling around trying to find, find pictures. But the, the thing that's really cool about this book is that Barb uses – she's a photographer in her own right and an author, of course. She's done – this is her third book um, – um, but she doesn't put her own Thank photographs you. in. She, maybe she puts a few. I'm not sure. But she uses local photographers. And so are there? how many are in this book? 55 photographers this time. There, oh. There were 33 in the Ashland, Oregon yeah. book, and this one has 55. Oh, you bumped it up. Yeah. And I love the – when we were going through doing the map, I love the different things that you chose around. And you would have – you would send, like, a list to, I think, to photographers and say, this is what I'm looking for photos of, correct? Correct, correct. And, yeah. you know, kind of out-of-the-way places or p- places like Crater Lake that you would send your guests to see or yeah. places we love visiting, but also some of the out-of-the-way places, too. Yeah. Uh, Klamath Wildlife Refuge. I mean, that's such a beautiful place with wildlife you wouldn't believe right in our backyard. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting about this book, so it's called Ashland, Oregon Day Trips, and it's meant to be anything within it is a three-hour uh, driving radius around Ashland. Correct. And so it's interesting even for locals because I didn't know about a lot of these places. How many of us actually take the time to be tourists in our own backyard? So Barb gives us that excuse and the map <laughs> for Wonderful for map. You have to look at the book just for the map. <laughs> and for Tom's photograph. Tom, tell us about the, your photograph that's in here um not unlike the picket fence with the snow yeah you know coming from new england you know you just walk out and you can take photographs of a winter wonderland here you don't get the same amount of snow but if there's enough to cover the ground i rush out (laughs) and you'll notice any of these photographs wouldn't work if there were no snow there yeah it's and this just happened to be a pretty good amount of snow out by immigrant lake with the irrigation wheels oh And I just uh, created a pattern, you know, shot it. Again, it's full frame, corner to corner. But um, I just like the angles, the repetitive curves and everything else contrasted with the square lines of the fence. Yeah. And just with the stark whiteness of the background. And it just made a nice... Uh, I thought image. Yeah. Your composition in your photography is, I think, one of the things that draws me to it the most. Don't you think so, Barb? Oh, I agree. I mean, that's what drew me to his photography. And this one's a perfect example. It it could almost be a black and white image. It's just so Mm -hmm. beautifully composed and lots of graphic lines. Yeah. So, um, Barb, where can people find this book? Well, the first place would be to go on my website. Um, that's www.barbaratricarico.com, and I'll spell my last name, T-R-I-C-A-R-I-C-O. Is it Tricarico or Tricarico? Tricarico. I've, I've been saying it wrong all that's this time. Okay. And okay. she's so sweet. She never told me that. I, 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 I will continue to say it wrong I knowing get, me. I get Tricarico, which is my least favorite <laughs> pronunciation. Awesome. But um, it's also available at uh, the Northwest Nature Shop, which uh, we're having a book signing on February 12th. That's next Friday from 4 oh, to 6. Tom, so hope, are you going to be there? Hope you can be there. It's, yeah. This public... Uh, 
as, as public as this confirmation is, you, you bet I will. Okay, Tom and I are going to try to be there. Barb's going to be there and signing books. And a lot books. of the photographers will be there that okay. are inside the pages of this book. Okay. Um, Say that one more time. February 12th. It's February 12th from 4 till 6 at the Northwest Nature Shop. Okay. Right off Lithia. Very cool. And um, you L- can also when, get it at... Is that a Saturday or a Friday? No, it's a Friday. Okay. Oh, perfect. And you can also get it at Bloomsbury, and you can get it at Paddington Station, and a lot of the books, uh, book, not just bookshops, but a lot of the shops in town carry it. Oh, very exciting. Um, have you signed these for Tom and I yet? I will. Will you? I want. I want mine. I definitely want mine signed. Well, I'm so glad that you stopped by today, Barb. Thank you so much, and give Bill a hug for me since I. Uh, and take. Oh, here, take take my camera and take a selfie of you guys for for the website um, as well. So we'll post a picture of Barb. Um, hand, oh, here, take a picture of me. Barb's yeah. handing yeah. handing right. the book off to me. We're taking selfies. Which is really I, funny because I've got. I could probably get you both in if you oh want. Oh my God, I've got two photographers in here. I'm actually going to have a good shot today in the <laughs> studio. Oh, here, come over here and hand yeah. it to me. This is really interesting for the listeners as well, I'm sure, us taking photos. So, uh, um, yeah. This. Selfie is, shots by Tom Glassman. Uh, he doesn't know how to use an I, iPhone. I, I, I know. This is. This is uh, <laughs> it looks Where's like. Your wife here. Uh, she, she's at work supporting me, so I can. Uh, well, I heard on the radio that she's the i the uh, Apple person. Yes. Oh right, that's right. We uh, yeah. I have an iPhone and. Uh, I'm a Luddite. Oh, oh, okay. There we you go. Do your own. Okay. <laughs> Click fast. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for stopping by, Barb Tricarico. And I'm going to get back to Tom Glassman because I have so many questions that I want to ask him. Um, One of the cool things um, I asked him to, thank you, Barb, I asked him to um, send me a list of some things that I could ask on air. And I need a picture of you and Bill because I love Bill. I'm going to need one. and he sent over tips for people who want to be better photographers. And I thought this was so cool because basically nowadays everyone's a photographer. Well, and, unless it's a real photographer and you hand him an iPhone, but everyone else is a photographer. Don't you agree, Tom? Uh, far be it for me to um, contradict myself, yes. <laughs> everyone thinks they're a photographer. So you sent over this list of tips, and I think these are going to be really interesting to listeners. Um, the first one makes me smile because this is one of the tips you gave me that completely changed how I photograph things. So... Um, when I first met Tom, I use my camera constantly to build, my, to create my business. I mean, I take the images of my paintings, and I'm sure other artists listening um, do that as well. I do videos to help build my brand on YouTube. I do everything with this one little Canon camera. And the first tip that Tom Glassman gave me was... Use a tripod. Yes. And, and actually, in the annals of historical photographic advice... The two pieces of advice that are always given are use a tripod and get closer. The advantage to a tripod is, uh, and this is what's so crucial, you only have to worry about composition. If you're hand-holding it, you have to crank the ISO or the shutter speed up so high that you can't create enough of a depth of field to really get everything in focus. Um. Worse than that, if you're holding it, you really can't look in each corner and slightly adjust the camera so your composition, you know, really works. From corner to corner, you've got a nice leading line mm-hmm. going somewhere. It cuts off just at the right place. Usually when you take a picture, you get back and there's something you didn't notice or it's cut off somewhere. So a tripod makes you slow down. Mm-hmm. All you have to worry about is composition. And then you stop taking photographs and you start making them. Um, even when I'm at a parade, like the pear blossom or something like that, I'm out there with a photograph or a tripod, you know, and just schlepping it around. And 
when I travel, I take it in the suitcase, you know, but it makes you, it makes you more accountable, yeah. you know, and composition. Um, no, no. Let me ask you about the get closer thing because, well, I'm often trying to do um, photographs of little images like my jewelry that mm-hmm. I put on my website. So there's only so close I can get and it'll actually right. focus. So what do you mean by get closer? Like, why is that a tip? Um, it's really more for like people shots or, or oh. you, you might have your, you know, husband or wife or kids or family there. And there's this little group of four people in this huge expanse. Oh, yeah. And suddenly 80% of the photo is wasted. If you've just moved right up close, you would have had a great shot of the family. Oh, yeah. If the background's exquisite, then you can put them in context. But by and large, um, you know, and, and again, when I tell my students, after I take a photograph, I say, step back. And say, why did you take this photograph? What was important? Invariably, if what called out to you or was important, uh, you know, you should move in closer and fill the whole frame with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what get closer is all about. Um, so that's there's that aspect there too. Let me ask you a people a, a people question. Taking uh, photographs of people because um, I've noticed as my eye seems to be getting a little bit better that um, it must be a a composition or a graphical line is like, I don't like it when people take, and they often do, they'll take pictures where they cut everyone off across the the waist and you've got this little row of heads. I don't know why that really bothers me. And I will actually tell people, step back and take a full length shot of me. You know, that looks compositionally, or or if there's two people together. What are your thoughts on, if you're taking um, a photograph of a group of people, two or three or four people, how do you compose it? If we assume photography is art, that makes you an artist, and here's the curse of photography. You're the artist, and whatever works for you, mm-hmm. it, if it's a great photograph, if, the, if cutting them off drives you crazy, then do it what appeals to you. Okay. Other people like this sort of haphazard street photography and like this sort of existential nihilism of, you know, half the people's faces gone. Yeah. You know, but it's whatever appeals to you, so... Yeah. Um, you're the artist. It, mm. Do what you want. Okay, I like that. So what are some of your other tips that you that you slow down? Uh, I think the most important thing is to really know your equipment. You know, it's part of reading the manual too. But again, when I talk to students or other, you know, again, other photographers don't need this advice. But I tell people, I don't use a camera to take a photograph. I see in my head what I want to happen you know, like this, mm-hmm. I put the, this thing, this camera up to my face and it disappears and I just set all the controls intuitively and I make it happen. Mm-hmm. You have to know your equipment so well that mm. there's no anxiety between setting the right dials and there's nothing coming between you and the creative process. The analogy would be like using a hammer. When you lift it up, you don't think how high to bring it or how, where to bring it down yeah. or how fast or a paintbrush. You're not thinking ahead, you know, did I use the right bristle or is it should be badger or ostrich feathers or, you know, yeah. how hard do I press? Do I need a point or a flat tip? You know, so you can't have this anxiety about what I have to be doing. It has to get out of the way and taking a photograph just as, as you know, a, a homogenous sort of symbiotic relationship between you and the equipment. Now, can you be, so my sister's a photographer too. You've met her, um, Terry at the, at mm-hmm. the Holly theater, Terry Harris. And she actually, um, she was a photojournalist. She, you know, worked for the times and the Tacoma news tribune and all these different ones. Anyway, now she teaches middle school children. So she watches me take pictures and she cringes. She says, <laughs> you are exactly what I tell my students not to do because here's what I do. I put it on auto and I click it. (laughs) 
So are you cringing? I mean, is that is do I need to know my equipment better, or can I do it in little steps, or what's the difference? Um, for someone like yourself who runs this high-class radio program and, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're painting and doing a thousand other things, yeah. I don't think you have to obsess that much about your photography. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, for photographers who, who really want to get better and, oh, yeah. you know, and, and this is who this advice is for, is for people who really want to get better and grow okay. as a photographer. Okay, that just made me feel better. Yep. Thank you. You're exempt. Thank you, I'm exempt. Um, so you have read your manual, know your equipment. Ooh, take an art course. Tell me about that one. Uh, you earlier talked about composition, and Barbara was talking about that too, and I've had other artists ask me, where did you learn composition? You know, again, my background is a creative director in an ad agency. So you have to be able to picture an ad on the page, you know, where the visual is, the image, the type, how big it is, how the words break, if the words read, if your eye visually tracks. Yeah. Um, but I'm from day one, I've been, well, plus I minored in art history in college, and I grew up in a home with a lot of art and a lot mm -hmm, of art books. Mm -hmm. But the, the reason you take an art course is to learn what the masters do in terms of composition, leading lines, color working together, Inevitably, I will be taking shots, and I'm thinking, this reminds me of an Edward Hopper or Winslow Homer, yeah. or, or this is an aspect of Guernica or, or something like this, or this is like a constable or a Hudson River School, mm -hmm. um, or a Chinese landscape painting by Ling Kai. You know, so if you know your art, yeah. you have a good foundation for how to compose and frame and, and this sort of thing. See, I'm going to agree with you on that. And I, I do think composition in any form of art is one of the most important things. And some of it, like people will ask me, hey, would, would you teach a class on that? And the thing is, I don't really even know how to talk about it anymore but I think you like soak it in by being by the art history classes I've taken in the different classes I think you tend to soak it in so like immersing yourself in art would definitely help photography too it, it does it, whether you go back to an early renaissance you know like a Gentile to Fabriano or a Masaccio or Giotto through mannerism and everything else you always see you know leading lines bringing you into the you know rectangle mm -hmm. or, or the square so you just you see this repetitive pattern of what works for the eye and what looks yeah. good and feels right. Yeah. And so, so true. So well said. Oh my gosh, there's so many more. We're going to do it? like two more and then we're going to go to our next Paul turnip seed, um, song. So what's, what's one of your most important ones that you've got left on that? It, I would say just learn how to observe and, and look and think about connections, putting things together. Uh, you know, or how, That's a good one. if there's nothing there, think about negative space. Mm -hmm. Pe people forget that, you know, it doesn't, this is a case where it doesn't have to fill the whole image, you know, just make it almost empty with just a tiny little, you know, something indistinguishable it, thing in there. It can be almost more powerful. Like the negative space sometimes right. is what a lot of people miss out on. Yeah. They make their things so busy that your, your eye just gets angry or something. Yeah. Or it, confused. It or, confused. Yes. And that's the one other thing. When I said, after you take a picture, remember what, what, ask yourself what was important about this. When you take a shot, it shouldn't be confusing. Mm -hmm. If there's so much going on and it's so busy uh, and you don't know what you really should be looking at or what was important for the photographer, that tends not to be a great photograph. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and it may be just a feeling, you know, like our friend David Winston, you know, tries to create an emotional feeling you know, with yes, a lot of his photographs, his. you know, with the colors and textures and patterns. And so there's so many things you can do with an image. Yeah. Uh, so Very it's, true. So back to Paul Turnipseed. Paul, let's tell the um, listeners a little bit about you. You play in a lot of different bands. I do. 
Yes. Um, and then what do you do when you play with your group? Who is your group that you play with, your band? I have a trio that I play with um, at a few places um, around town with Jeff Atticott and Mike Fitch, Jeff Atticott on bass, who plays also oh, plays with a whole Mike lot Fitch. of bands. Mike Fitch, I know him. He's a, uh, wait, where else does he play? Mike Fitch plays And he's with, an artist. He's an artist as well. Hi, Mike. Love you, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> and a great drummer. And yes, yeah, both drummer. of them, I love playing with both of those guys. And yeah. we play at the Playwright on the third Sunday of the month. And we play at Belfiore Winery on the second Friday of the month. And you mentioned Larks. I love Larks. It's such a cool interior and stuff. Do you play there by yourself or when? I do. At Larks in Medford, I play every Monday from 4.30 to 6 for happy hour. My God, guess where I'm going on Mondays. And it's fantastic. (laughs) I love to play there, and it's great food and great people. And um, also on Wednesday, there's music on Wednesday. Kimberly Starkey plays piano (gasps) there on Wednesday. I just met her. They're going to be on my show, Galley and the Girl. And the star. And the star. I always get that. Yes. I haven't. Yeah, I always get that wrong. Galley and the star. They're actually. Actually, I'm going to do a music art video with them. I loved her and Ava DeRossier yes. um, so much. And then they're going to be on my show. It's listed on artontheairwaves.com. I can't remember the date we settled on. I think it was the third Friday in March. And the two of them are going to be on um, playing music as well as um, talking a little bit about building their their business. So yeah. yeah. So and you play with Kimberly. She t- I don't is- play with her. She plays on she plays there on on Wednesdays. Oh, okay. From four thirty to six as well. And then on Friday they have a revolving. They have different people that that come and play on Fridays. Oh, that's so cool. So For they some have music I at Larks at Larks in Medford. Um, four thirty to six happy hour. Nice. And that's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I wasn't aware of that, so I'm really glad that you gave me that information. So, Paul, if people want to follow you or find out more about you, you said Facebook is the best way to do that. I'm on Facebook, Paul Turnipseed, and, um, yeah, I pretty much post everywhere that I'm playing. And I I do play with a whole bunch of different people, and uh, and I pretty much advertise that, put put it out there. Now, is Paul Turnipseed, is that going to be a business page or a friend page? Like, do I need to friend, friend. you to find out this information? I'm friend. sending you a friend request if I haven't already. We because can be friends. No, we're can friends. Can we be friends, we, Paul? We are friends. We are friends? Yes. I felt like we were when you walked in. Like, I just knew we were we friends. Thank are. you for clarifying yeah. that. Like, I'm beaming now. Isn't that funny? <laughs> um, so your last name is really interesting to me, and I want people to be able to find you. It's actually spelled the way <coughs> that it sounds. Turnip and seed. It's one word, yes. But it's one word. That's and you right. said it was German. It is German. It's a translation from what was Rubsamen when two brothers came to this country a long time ago, in 17, 1750, around then. I say I love names like that because it, it makes it to where you're you're you just don't forget it. I was uh, dropping some jewelry off at Lisa Wyarty from Not Too Shabby, yes, sure, and no she well. yeah. No so well. she was talking about Pete Brown, and she was talking about he was for something she had suggested. Oh, you should just do that solo. And he goes, Well, I'm gonna have to get a name like Turnip Seed or something, you know, for my last name for people to remember me. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Okay, so what song are you gonna play for us now? Mm, I was thinking about. I think I'm gonna play. Um, I'm going to play. A Joe Beam song called um, Black Orpheus. Black Orpheus. I just posted, by the way, a little snippet video of his last song to Facebook, so you can go check that out. And meanwhile, listen to Paul Turnipsey.
feel so relaxed right now it's hard to come back after after just really nice music I, I find that on my show when i have live musicians it's hard to come back and talk because sometimes i'm just in that ah type of space and that's where i'm at right now i am in the ah space which makes it even nicer though to go and look at some more of tom glassman's we're actually going to look at images right now uh, we're going to describe them for you on the air um <laughs> but you can also go to art on the airwaves.com because i did upload the images that we're talking about um Let's start with this one, Tom. I remember this one. Um, what we're looking at, it's like a, a cutoff of a wagon wheel with some images behind us. So, so let's talk it, about that one. I, I guess at first glance you see a shape of yellow and gray and red and yellow and brown, just sort of very indistinct blobs. What you're really looking at is the yellow hub on a tractor with a red seat in front of cutouts of fruits and vegetables at a farm stand. <laughs> And I was, um, this is on the way to Jacksonville, and I was out there oh, really? uh, shooting this. Again, this is where the light wasn't great. You'll notice there's actually the light, uh, it was pretty sunny, so that's why this is actually lit as well as it is. Mm -hmm. And there are some strong shadows. But there was nothing around. And when I, I've got the camera with me all the time, I'm always looking for photograph. And if I can't see one, 
I'll try and set a challenge to myself oh. to try and find something. And here I'm moving in close. I'm isolating it. The woman actually came out who owns a place when I was shooting and, and said, what are you shooting? And I showed her. She didn't get it. <laughs> uh, and did you take it, her one afterwards or show uh, it to her? I did. Even when I was in the back of the video or the uh, digital camera, I showed her and she was kind of impressed, but really still didn't get it. I took her a print and she was sort of blown away. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, it's a case where I try and look at what everyone else is looking at and, and isolate it or see it differently. And, and you'll notice what's important here is what's not included. Yeah. You know, there, there's nothing defining. It, it sort of makes you wonder what, what's going on. Yeah, what the and, story is. I like f- photographs. The one that you actually had just, uh, that I had juried into the Rogue Gallery's um, members exhibit that was hung by mine, um, it was a bunch of people lined up, and they were, it was like they were looking at a bridge, but they were oh. looking, uh, there was uh, so many stories in that photograph. I was re- And I looked at it, and I said, oh, that must be a Tom Glassman. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it if you want to post it later. It's just yeah, a silhouette. It's a color photograph shot into the sun, to create a silhouette so it looks like a black and white. It did look like a black and white. And it's just people on a bike tour uh, mm. stopping on the levee in New Orleans overlooking oh. the Mississippi, Old Man Ribba. And it's the <laughs> Mississippi Bridge in the background, and the bridge is what makes it. For photographers, if they're listening, uh, I've got family in New Orleans. I go there a lot. I've got a couple clients there. And I'm always walking by the levee. I'm always, for years, I've been wondering if I could make a photograph up there with something going on. There's a streetcar mm-hmm. that runs by. I've tried it moving. It's too blurry. Uh, and this is the first time in maybe five years when I've been at a site uh, where I've marked it in my mind that I want to see if there's something that'll ever work there. And it was all working. Mm-hmm. But typically, uh, that wherever I go... Uh, I'll, I'll see something that has potential for a shot. I'll look at the sun if something's in shadow, and I'll know to come back later in the day. Um, oh. So I, wherever it's Santa Fe, Boston, anywhere in Europe, I'm always looking for a shot in what could make it better. Should I come back in a cloudy day yeah. when there's no harsh shadows and you can see something? So this is a case where you're being patient. And yeah. um, So you know. I find myself... I. I would be interested to know what you're like in this situation. I have found myself driving places, and I will see a shot, and I want the shot, and I'm focused on I'm driving someplace. I need to get there. And do you actually pull off and, and, and get the shot and stuff? Because you must see shots in everything you do. How do you get anything accomplished if so? <laughs> um, I up the insurance in my car just in case. Oh, you know, I know that's the other thing. And my wife <laughs> does not like me, will not allow me to shoot on dangerous roads or something uh-huh. like this. Uh, the one in here about the Palouse with the green and black contour farming. Oh, I, yeah. I had to stop when there was um, there was no shoulder at all. But it's so deserted out there that it would actually work. But to answer your question, uh, I'm always looking. It's killing me because I've often thought about mounting a camera in the dashboard and I could point it and aim it and <gasps> slow I've down. I've thought about that too, Tom Glassman. <laughs> that you know, there's just the, the worst thing is when you actually stop and take the shot. You get out and you spend all this time doing it. And again, your patient wife is in the car, you know, playing. <laughs> well, I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. And then you get back in, you've taken the shot, and you drive 10 feet, and you it's even better from this angle. Oh. It, it's called working the shot. And after you take it, you really should walk up and down. I always do it. Uh, but if you're in the car and you go like 50 feet, suddenly it's even better. And it yeah. drives me crazy. And I have to balance whether I should stop or, or this sort of thing. Yeah. 
there have been a few times when I've passed something, I said, no, I have to go back and do it. Oh, yeah. um, but, and, and the other thing is, it is never the same. You never get that opportunity again. I know. You think there'll be another time. You think you can go back. The, the, the light isn't right, the, the background, the haze, the fog, uh, the foliage, whatever is there, it's different. And whatever called out to you at that time, if you can stop and, and get the shot, and even if it doesn't turn out, you'll learn from it. Yeah. Uh, but I need to do that more often because there was one time I was driving to San Francisco or to the Napa Valley, actually, and there were, I swear, it looked like the, the fields had been burnt, like the trees were black, and then there was this gold grass that had started growing, and it was just so visually impactful to me. I actually ended up doing a whole series on what I saw in my mind, and I didn't take the picture, and I kept kicking myself for it because I wanted that reference, and in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'll just Google it. There's going to be tons of pictures of this. I could never find those images, and I'm not even sure if that's what they were, if they were burnt, but they look so black. They seem like they did. And then somebody wrote an article <laughs> about that series and asked for an image that I had seen that day. And I'm like, uh, blah, 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 no. Another thing is, like you said, you, you wish you had a camera on your dashboard. This is really horrible. I need to come up to a solution. But when I'm doing road trips, I love posting pictures while I'm doing it, especially because I'm usually going to galleries and you know stuff like that. So they're interesting to post. And invariably, it's when I'm driving across a bridge. I want that. And you couldn't get it unless you were in a car because you're right in the center of the bridge you're looking up at all those beams and I'm sitting there literally driving with one hand I will not allow myself to look at my phone but I'm like clicking like crazy and just hoping one of them turns out you, you get a, a friend solution. with a convertible <laughs> and, and that's you how lay you down do in the seat and you and okay, they're driving, I need to they're driving and you take the shot and you know there's some settings okay. you can use but I, I think that's a right. lot smarter than what I do yeah. so, but usually I'm alone um, so we only have about five more minutes with Tom Glassman which sucks because there's so much great information that he could give to us um, the, the, what else the, do we want to talk I mean you know the, the other great advice is really just have fun you know when you do it because your work will reflect the mood that's mm -hmm. going on. Um, and instead of going out now and, and just being predatory, you know, like to take or capture or shoot an image, yeah. it should be a collaboration. And I've learned to get out of the car, leave my camera there, and just walk around and try and get in touch with the space mm -hmm. and, and just see what's calling out to me. And, you know, when I first started out hundreds of years ago, I would go out and come back and my wife would say, did you get anything good? And I was good enough to know whether I did or I didn't. I'd say yes or no. Now that I'm older and wiser, <laughs> I will go out, and I'll come back, and she'll say, did you get anything good? And I'll say, it doesn't matter. I had fun. Uh, you, you really have to enjoy what you're doing, you know, and what's out there. And just, if there's nothing there, then just try and do a technical exercise for yourself. But come back and learn from it. Try, set yourself a challenge. Try and make a shot where there isn't one. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what it's all about. It's, uh, you, you have to have fun uh, in what you're doing, and it'll show. I think it does show. It shows in your photography. Some of yours just, it takes me a while to read them. And then I start really laughing. Occasionally I have to have you explain them to me. But um, you can tell that you're having fun in yours. I think it shows in art. Like that's one of the critiques that I've gotten back from different places. Like there have been times in my life where I'm just fighting to make it happen. And it, it shows. People aren't responsive to it. Not that you always have to be in the good mood or the bad mood. But enjoying what you're doing. That shows in your photography. For sure. Um, your website is TomGlassman.com. 
And so where else can they find your photographs? Where do you have them right now? I know you've got some in the Rogue Galleries. I don't know if ours are still hanging up together. That was yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, they're there in, in Art Presence. and Art Presence uh, in Jacksonville. Right. Art Presence Art Center in Jacksonville. Right. And uh, someone yelled at me and made me do a Flickr account, but I don't know what it is yet, but I've got some on there. <laughs> yeah, you have no social media. I was, I was trying to share my post with you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, really, someday I when that. I grow up, I'll learn how to do that. Yeah. Oh, you have the video that I took of you. Is that the yes. only video that's, that's up online? It really is, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, and I had kind of even forgotten I had done that. I, it's, what a long memory I have. Tom had mentioned it when he got here, but um, you could still, it's still online, right? Right. So you could search Tom Glassman and Art Presence is probably how you would find that. One and it was a really informative video. It was a presentation that you gave at Art Presence right. um, about how to compose different images mm -hmm. and how you took the shot. Yeah. So yeah, if you're listening and you're a photographer, I'll try to get the link to that and put it on artontheairwaves.com um, for the podcast for today. And then um, also, Art on the Airwaves has a Facebook page. If you're listening and you do social media, make sure that you um, like. Art on the Airwaves, just that's all you have to search on Facebook to find it. And I'll put posts from today. Any, um, any last-minute thoughts and stuff, Tom? What else? What else? That's such an open-ended question. I'm sorry. <laughs> His mind is going. Because if you know Tom, he's so, he's so far out there um, uh, mentally, I, I, in a good way. What, that came out totally wrong. So far advanced above uh, me. I can't dangerous. keep up with him. No, yeah, dangerously smart. Uh, He's very intelligent that his mind just had grabbed hold of so many things with that one question. Uh, no, just take a lot of photos and, and don't worry about it. Again, have fun when you're doing it and, uh, you know, uh, have fun. That's what fun. it's all about. That's what life is about, right? It really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, so I'm like, we're going to have one more song from Paul Turnacy to send us out. Um, on my next radio show, which is February 19th, I have Southern Oregon artist Gabriel Lipper, uh, one of my favorite local artists. He is um, so amazing at what he does. So he's going to be really fun to talk to. And then for our, my musical guests, they're not actually playing live. They're, I'm going to play their CD, and this is for, from the Seons, S-E-A-O-N-S. Um, Sean Siders is either going to stop by the studio or be a calling guest, and we're going to talk about their brand new CD, which is called Aprilis. Um, they had dropped off a copy to me when I was in Seattle, so I just had a chance to listen to it. It's amazing. So we're going to be playing songs from their new CD um, throughout my radio show on February 19th with artist Gabriel Lipper. And Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I really, you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming in and um, I kept hearing your name because it's one of those names that you don't forget, Paul Turnipseed, and kept wanting to hear your music. And I just missed you the other night. You were playing at a, wasn't it a GMO celebration type of thing? Non-GMO non celebration type of thing. What was that, that event? Uh, it, was, it was a meeting. And, um, and yes, I played there for... Um it was in talent. I played there for an, uh, a little bit before yeah. the meeting. Oh, it was before the meeting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, so th Yeah, thank you for having me, and I'm glad I was on the show with Tom. And, and I know that you all out there cannot see the photos, obviously. Radio is kind of <laughs> difficult for that, but yeah. uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, aren't and, you just uh, drooling over his photography every time I see it? Yeah, it's great. And I got some great advice, too. Yeah, are and you I'm gonna... from New Orleans as well. <laughs> Look at this. My guests yeah, always did, connect, did you, too, did you by put the way. That together? Did you do I, I that didn't. I asked, I asked Jeff Klutzel if he knew of any uh, local musicians who played jazz, because Tom mentioned that he liked jazz. Is that a New Orleans thing? Uh, no, well, you know. Oh. 
it is, you know, and and the re- you know, the Dixieland and everything else. But yeah. that's just my favorite style of yeah, which I did play a lot of when I lived there. I played yeah. a lot of Dixieland. Oh, very cool. So that's that's how I somehow got you guys on the same show. Yeah. So it just happened that way. Jam with Sidney hmm. Bechet. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for Tom Glassman, it's TomGlassman.com. For Paul Turnipseed, go to Facebook, search Paul Turnipseed. And um, what song are you sending us out with, Paul? I think I'll play another Duke Ellington song called "Don't Get Around Much Anymore." Okay. Thank you for listening to Art on the Airwaves with Cammie Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM. I miss a Saturday dance I heard they cried at the floor I couldn't make it without you I don't get around much anymore I thought I'd visit the club And got as far as the door And someone asked me about you I don't get around much anymore Well, darling, I guess My mind's more at ease Nevertheless Why stir up old memories Been invited on dates I might have gone, but what for? It's awfully different without you Don't get around much anymore